I've had dogs. You have? Doggy Chow. Oh, I used to love Doggy Chow. <laughs> I used to love Doggy Chow too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Girl Blogger the Podcast. I'm Brett Collins, as you know, and today is a very important special episode. Another episode dedicated to just one topic of conversation, and that is going to be The New Little Mermaid. Yeah, The Little Mermaid was pretty uh, paramount in my life as a child. Definitely my favorite Disney animated film. I feel like it was a lot of people's Disney animated film, and not like... I don't know. There's just something about The Little Mermaid. Like, obviously, like, all princess movies are kind of, like, iconic gay films. But, like, Ariel just really, like, turned it up a notch, I feel like. Like, compared to the other princesses that were kind of just, like, you know, standard, like, desperate. I mean, I guess Ariel was kind of desperate, too. But I don't know. There was something just, like, hotter about Ariel and, like, cooler Maybe it's because she was a mermaid. Anyway, so that movie, the original animated one, came out in the late 80s, I believe. I should probably fact check that, actually. Let's just see. Okay, yes. Yeah, so the original one came out in 1989. Jodie Benson was the voice of Ariel. And this was in a time where it's funny because back, like, decades ago, like, for, like, millennial children or anyone prior to that, like it's very obvious that animated films were not really the goal for actors to be in. Like, no, like, A-listers were voicing the characters. I don't know why either, because, like, voiceover work is so easy, and, like, obviously it's just a great paycheck. But, yeah, so, like, A-list actors and, like, super famous people weren't voicing things back in the day. It was more of just, like, voice actors, singers, whatever, but obviously Jodie Benson, iconic voice of Ariel. We love that. 1989. Crazy that it was that long ago. So anyway, clearly Disney has been on this live action version kick for, you know, the past like almost 10 years now. And some of them sucked, apparently. Like, I actually didn't see Aladdin, but everyone complains about it and says that it was just kind of a mess and not good and i did see though beauty and the beast which i thought was really amazing um emma watson as Belle was pretty perfect casting if you ask me um yeah that was nice and uh, the thing that i really loved about it is that it pretty much just was the animated film but just with live actors and they like sprinkled in a few new bits here and there so that was cute but uh yeah, and honestly, I'll just say right now that this new Little Mermaid film is very much in line with that structure. It's pretty much just the animated film, but, you know, with real live actors. So let's let's get into it a little more detailed. The buildup of this live action Little Mermaid has just been ongoing. I feel like it's been a fucking decade that they've been talking about this live action remake. 
Um, really, I think it was announced in like 2017 or 2018, I believe, but it really got attention in 2019 when Halle Bailey, not to be confused with Halle Berry, was cast in 2019. Funny thing that I heard on a different podcast, I don't know if this is true, but apparently Halle Bailey's parents named her after Halle Berry, probably unknowing that she would become incredibly famous herself. But yeah, someone let me know if that's true, but uh, that's kind of silly if it is. And I remember also during the casting process, there was a big, you know, shudder throughout culture that uh, Harry Styles was potentially going to be cast as Prince Eric, which honestly, the casting of Ariel was huge for sure. And so many opinions were thrown in uh, based on who people wanted to be cast and after Haley Bailey was cast, all the opinions on that too. But I feel like an equal stress was put on the casting of Prince Eric because honestly, Prince Eric was and still is like the hottest prince, like of the animated. Like Prince Eric was just like the one everyone everyone wanted to fuck. Like I feel like even probably like parents watching the animated movie with their children back in 1989 were like, oh. Like, Prince Eric is fucking hot. Like, I don't know. Something about... I mean, obviously, they all kind of look the same, all the princes, I feel. But there's just, like, a subtlety of, like, the dark hair. And just, like, something really hot about Prince Eric and the way he was, like, you know, managing the ship and everything is just really sexy. So, yeah, Prince Eric, there's definitely a lot of pressure on who was going to be cast as him And the person that they did cast, I actually don't remember his name at all. So let's look that up too right now. I mean, he was cute though. I wasn't like, you know, climaxing at the side of, at the sight of him. He's not like so hot that you're, yeah, just like coming in your pants or anything, but he definitely fit. Okay. Jonah Hauer King. Uh, He was, he's very new to me, unfamiliar with his other works, But uh, he definitely fit the mold, I'd say. But, you know, if I'm going to be a total nitpicky bitch, I... I, I, I could see hotter, you know? I would I would prefer hotter for Prince Eric, but, you know, what can you do? That's what they did. I remember back when people were just fantasy casting for, um, for the movie back probably, like, you know, before they even announced they were doing a live-action remake... And uh, I'd always dreamed of, and the internet agreed, of Lindsay Lohan being Ariel and Megan Fox being Vanessa. This was in a time back when, you know, that would have really made sense based on age and fame and, you know, target audiences. But, you know, sadly, times have changed. Everyone who knows me knows that Lindsay Lohan is just my everything. And, you know, in an alternate world, if that could have happened in 2005, then that would have been really, really something. But, you know, I don't think CGI was what it is now back then and could have been a big mess. So maybe it's for the best. Yeah. So Lindsay has not been the Little Mermaid. Oh, I mean, bless her heart. I do remember one time uh, somewhat recently that she was like campaigning to be cast as Ariel and like suggested Meryl Streep as Ursula, which, you know, gotta give Lindsay credit. That would be pretty fucking iconic, but 
clearly that did not happen. Another really great casting. And uh, obviously they did the like racial change with the Halle Bailey casting, which I thought they were potentially going to do again with Ursula because I believe Queen Latifah played Ursula in some like live stage performance in LA. I think it was at the Hollywood Bowl played Ursula. And that's a pretty fantastic spot on casting, I'd say. Like, you know, Big Mama, Queen Latifah as Ursula makes a lot of sense to me. But, you know, Melissa McCarthy, definitely a fitting choice, as I'll get into more detailed later as we discuss. But okay. Um, yeah, so the movie, I feel like there was even more buildup of it, yes, because it was delayed from COVID, of course. So I think... Shooting probably was delayed as well as, you know, just overall production. So that's what drew, drew out this whole process and Little Mermaid, um, you know, situation longer than initially anticipated. Another thing that's always funny to me about these live action animated films is uh, the CGI with the animal faces because it's tough. Because here's the thing. It's a commitment. You got to commit one way or the other. Like, are they going to go, like, goofy, cartoony? Or are they going to go more realistic? And it really just depends. I remember when they did the live action of The Lion King. This was especially, you know, of topic then. Because you need to show the uh, expressions and, like the humor and everything going on in the animal's face. And it's really hard to do that with a realistic looking animal, because as we know, it's, it's hard to read the emotions of animals sometimes. So I don't know. I feel like in the Lion King, it would have made sense to maybe go a hint more cartoonish just to like really, uh, you know, draw out the um, performances of the actors and, the characters in it but they didn't really do that did they i actually didn't see that one either i just i don't did that one get good reviews i don't know i mean i feel like the kids love it so who gives a fuck like at the end of the day these are children's movies it's just funny how millennials specifically like get so high and mighty about like critiquing them when really like this movie technically isn't for us it's for like an eight-year-old and their parents or their babysitter but we still go see it too so, I mean, I guess it's important that we have a say. But anyway, so back to The Little Mermaid with the animals, like, everyone was kind of, like, up in arms about when the images got released of what they were going to look like, specifically Flounder, because he looked pretty drastically different from the original animated. And, like, yeah, because what, first of all, like, isn't a flounder, like, flat? Doesn't a flounder have, like, two eyes on one side of its head? So that's not even, like, accurate to the actual animal, if I'm correct. But uh, everyone was just like, oh, my God, can you believe that's flounder? And it's like, oh, how shocking that they made a fish look like a fish. Like, I mean, it should be expected. I don't know. I feel like people just love to, like, complain about shit. And, I mean, clearly I do, too. Look at me right now. But uh, so everyone was pretty up in arms about that. But honestly, I feel like it made sense, you know, like... Everything else in the movie is pretty realistic, aside from the fact that mermaids don't exist and they're talking about mermaids. But visually, everything was pretty realistic to, uh, you know, whatever it was representing. And uh, 
I feel like the trickiest animal that they really pulled off is probably the crab because you can't make a crab look too realistic because crabs are kind of hideously terrifying if you really like look at the face of a crab if a crab really has a face they're like spiders almost it's just like so creepy Ugh. I hate like I remember like in middle school we had to do that crawfish um whatever the fuck it's called like module or like what is it called you know when you do like a study a topic for a period of time and we had to like look at these crawfish and like pick them up and like stare at like their underbellies and there's just all these like things moving around it's just fucking gross and like crabs are pretty similar to that so just not fun but like they managed to interpret a crab into like being kind of cute yet also being very true to the accurate anatomy of a crab so that was that was good of them sebastian they really uh nailed it on that one if you will um so <clears throat> the other thing besides that that you know cgi depiction of the animals that people were concerned about or maybe not everyone was concerned about this as much as i was but them sticking to the original story because as we know in the animated film Ariel is quite young. She says out loud at one point in the film that she's 16. And we also know that it ends with her getting married and leaving her family. So in the woke climate of today's culture, probably didn't think that that was going to happen. So I was slightly concerned about where they were going to take the storyline, how different they were going to make it, and if it was just going to completely tarnish the beloved little mermaid story that i've grown to know and love throughout my entire life but anyways we'll break that down i'll tell you off the bat i was not disappointed so there's that um so yeah i mean i was pretty satisfied with it again the casting was pretty spot on uh as the movie really got going i realized that it's pretty much beat for beat the same as the animated one like, yeah, kind of in line again with the, uh, the the Beauty and the Beast live action remake and even kind of dialogue for dialogue. It was very similar as well with some very important changes that I was a little upset about, but, you know, understanding about as the movie went on. Um I guess back to Prince Eric real quick, though. I wanted to just say, is is he hot? I want to know what everyone else thinks. Because, yeah, I've made it clear that I, I would prefer hotter. But, like, I don't know. He's kind of one of those, like, on the fence, like, undeniably attractive, for sure, and undeniably fitting for the character. But I don't know. Is anyone, like, really getting off to him? Like, what do we think? Like, is he as hot as... I don't know who who do the kids love these days just like uh like Harry Styles I guess for example like are people like as obsessed with him as that I mean obviously they're not obsessed with him on a fame level but like in terms of attractiveness do people agree that like he's as hot as Harry Styles I'd be very curious to know oh another interesting choice that they made about her look in this and all of the mermaids looks actually is that uh instead of the little shell bra to go on top they did like this interesting um it's almost like part of being a mermaid that you have like scale coverings 
And I don't think it's removable. Like, I don't think that mermaids can, like, take their tops off, which I'm just even thinking about more now. So it's, like, I guess they just, like, didn't really have boobs, kind of, or they, like, did, but, like, they were, like, permanently covered by their scales or something. I don't know. I mean, makes sense, though. Like, a shell bra would have been a fucking nightmare to keep on her the whole time. I saw this, like, YouTube short or whatever. I just, I honestly, I kind of hate those things. Like... It's so sad to me how, like, so much of entertainment now is, like, reduced to, like, under 30 seconds. Like, our attention spans are just that limited that, like, the only things we're willing to click on are things that are that short term that we can uh, watch because anything else is just too much time, as if we don't have time. Anyway, the YouTube short was... uh, of how they filmed the underwater sequences for the mermaids and it shows Halle Bailey like swimming and it's just like I don't know it's kind of sad to me a little bit how it's like she's just like wrapped in this like green fabric or gray fabric that has these like tiny little doodats on it that I'm sure are you know somehow connected to the computer and facilitate the CGI process and then there's one wrapped around her hair so it's like just really gives you a sense of how like I'd say like over 90% of this film in many of the scenes were CGI like so much of it and it just kind of I feel like that's very much a test to the actors of you know how they can commit to things really just having no fucking idea of what things are going to look like I mean I'm sure they have like some storyboards and some reference images that they're given but they really have to get imaginative of the um, spaces around them because they do not have anything um, of what is eventually going to be shown on screen in front of them while they're actually performing. So, I mean, props to them because, yeah, just, like, acting all excited and, you know, uh, mystified and whatever you have have to feel in whatever scene you're filming with just a fucking blank screen and bullshit surrounding you sounds like it could be not only difficult but kind of yeah disheartening and annoying um so the movie's going on I'm just not gonna go scene by scene because it's just I don't remember it and like it's just a lot so like I'm just kind of commenting on whatever comes to mind for me if you haven't already gathered that uh Interesting choice of casting for Scuttle, the uh, seagull that she just learns all her human shit from throughout the movie. It's Aquafina, who Aquafina, I mean, I think she's really great. Like, it's one of those people, she's one of those people that she's kind of a lot, obviously. That's like her shtick is being like loud and wacky. And sometimes you're unsure. You're like, am I annoyed by this? Am I thinking this is funny? how do I feel about this? A little bit of an inner conflict, at least for me. But she was actually really funny, I thought. Because also Scuttle was like an old kooky man in the original animated movie, so they definitely went in a different direction with this casting, but I thought it really worked, and I I didn't really know if it was going to at first, but uh, it definitely did. Especially since I heard this song release called the scuttlebutt it's just one of the like they they like sprinkled in a few new songs in addition to the uh you know classic ones from the original and scuttle gets her her own song actually it's interesting they never say if scuttle the character is supposed to be a boy or girl i guess it really doesn't matter but uh 
I was just thinking of that because I don't know if it's Scuttle got her own song or Scuttle got his own song. Or maybe Scuttle's non-binary. Non-binary bird. But anyway, there was a Scuttle song and it kind of sounded like a fucking mess when I heard a clip of it on Instagram one time. Uh, and this was prior to the film's release. I think they yeah, were like released the soundtrack to get some hype going just a few days before. And I was like, what on earth is this? It's like some weird little rap that I was, that Scuttle, Aquafina is singing or rapping, speaking, just kind of chaotically. But uh, I didn't like the song, but I will say that in the film, it wasn't nearly as annoying as just listening to it by itself. It did kind of make sense in uh, in the context of the film and the scene that I inserted it to. But anyway, yeah, so Aquafina is Scuttle. Give that a thumbs up, aside from, you know, the song being a little annoying, but not that annoying, I guess. So that's my opinion on that. Oh, so throughout the film, there's just a few little things that I was upset that they cut. However, I am understanding of why they cut them because whether it be because it's a children's film or it just didn't really need to be there. So, you know, I forgive, but I do, you know, wish that they were there because they're parts of the film that are very near and dear to me so it was sad to not see them in this live action film the first one being when that statue of eric falls into um ariel's grotto and she's like basically like humping it uh by herself and like pretending that they're dating um very cute but uh her king triton bombards in and is all pissed that she's like obsessed with this human and his statue so he's pissed and she freaks out and this is in the animated one where she shouts the iconic line daddy i love him they did not include that iconic line in this new remake which of course i clocked and was upset about and anyone who knows me that that is a very special line to me that i actually might have tattooed on me somewhere but you know that's just for special people to know but yeah, they did not have that in the film, unfortunately. Um, that was one thing. Oh, I still haven't gotten to Ursula. I mean, Melissa McCarthy's Ursula was pretty fucking great. Like, I mean, definitely visually makes sense as Ariel, especially when she was all done up. With one big problem. A lot of people have known, if you're on Instagram and are paying attention to this film at all, you will know the uproar and the upset over Ursula's makeup. It was pretty horrifying to see. They did, cause, so I remember when they did the film Maleficent with uh, Angelina Jolie, they did like a sped up get ready of like her makeup process and it looks amazing. Like it's like, uh, you, you know, just her in the makeup chair getting it all done and at the very end she puts in the fangs and she looks great. It looks like amazing, great professional makeup. That was not the story with Miss Melissa Carthy as Ursula. They put her in the chair and it looked like, it really looked like, uh, you know, like first year beauty school, like test project makeup. Like it was so not finessed and so it's just not a clean finish. Like it just looked bad, bad makeup. It looked like bad makeup. And uh, the most, um, the most notable part of the bad makeup was the brows. The brows were just unbelievably bad. Like, so, oh my God. Like, 
let me just break it down. They were completely different shapes and completely different sizes and not good. Just like not blended. I don't I don't know the correct terminology for like makeup, but you know how it like the brows kind of like feather. That's the word. Feather. They kind of like feather and blend. That was not the case with Ursula. And it also didn't look intentionally bad. It just looked like not good. I'd say uh, Willem, the drag queen Willem, made the best uh, comment about these brows on uh, on her page. It's just so funny. And I think it really just captures how to describe how bad these brows were. She said, these brows need 23 and me to realize that they're related. And I could not agree more. They're not sisters. They're not cousins. I don't know what they are. They're just completely different individuals. They look, they look like angry divorcees is what these brows look like. And I guess the only way I can reconcile this horrible makeup on Ursula is that there was so much CGI on uh, Melissa McCarthy in the film, you know, and like basically essentially an extreme filter on her from I'm sure what she looked in real life to uh, what was actually seen on screen. And it did come off, it did read fine on screen, but if you, I'm sure, like, when the DVD comes out or, you know, when it's on streaming and we pause it, there were definite moments that you could pause on Ursula's face and just really analyze it and be like, oh, yeah, the makeup is not giving. It was not giving. That's what it was. It was not giving. And it wasn't done, you know, clearly, like, you know, makeup, makeup by Ariel, that like Kardashian makeup artist was not doing the makeup. None of those Kardashian makeup artists were doing Miss McCarthy's makeup because it was, it was not up to a professional level, which I would say is quite shocking given the production level of everything else on this film. But, um, okay. More about Ursula. Yeah. So the transformation scene, I'm sure every gay boy would agree with me that this scene was pretty uh, pivotal core memory for our uh, uh, childhoods and just definitely a standout part of this scene in general in the original animated film. I remember when Ari or when Ursula casts a spell on her, there's just so many colors going around and just like all these different shades and gradients during like the whole unfortunate soul song sequence. And then when she actually puts the spell on her Ariel gets captured in this weird like yellow bubble thing and she's like hair throwing around and then like her legs her fins split into legs and there's something just so like ugh, like amazing and like you know goosebumps about that part when the legs split and she flips her hair and it's just like this sexy almost like uh I don't know, for some reason Sharon Stone always comes to mind in moments like this, kind of just like very like Catherine Trammell uh, leg crossing vibe. Obviously it's not that at all, but like, you know what I mean? Like this, you get the same feeling of like, ooh, what a bad bitch, like really serving us a moment with that. And, uh, and then after she her leg split in that and she swims to the surface and flips her hair. So oh, what I was saying is, the transformation actually isn't as good as the animated one because they didn't do like that leg splitting yellow bubble thing with Ursula. I mean with Ariel, but, uh, however, they were wise enough to give us the most iconic, I mean, arguably the most iconic part of 
The Little Mermaid animated film, this film, maybe any Disney film ever created is when Ariel swims to the surface, jets out of the water, and flips her hair, and you see it all in profile. They definitely knew to include that moment because without that moment, this film, it would have, I would have just said the movie was bad. If they just didn't have that, it's so pivotal to the story that there's no point in even making the film without it. So, I mean, thank God they included that. And it was amazing. It was so good. It was pretty much just as good as the animated one, I'd say. Just beautiful, you know, the coloring and the, uh, you know, the the GIF, GIF, whatever you want to call it, that you can capture from that. Definitely to be used for forever, honestly. It's something that I'll never forget. And uh, will always, yeah, be a very important core memory to me. So that was very nice that they did include that. Oh, and then another important part that they obviously included that is m- probably people might argue me on that this was the more important part that they included was when she goes on the rock singing part of your world and like you know juts her chest out and the water splashes behind her that part i will say wasn't quite as iconic in this in this live action versus the animated i'd say the animated of course was a little better because you got like the hair is like swimming through her arms and like blowing in every direction and then like the splash was like more extravagant but you know that was a cartoon and obviously isn't real. So the real version is just a a bit anticlimactic, not quite as cinematic, but still very good. And of course, very important for them to include that, obviously. Yeah, like I mentioned, there are several new songs that I don't really remember. They were pretty forgettable. However, I think the reason they included them were just kind of like for the sense of the story and like mainly the one they give the prince a song. Uh, which I think, you know, makes sense because he's a very important character. I think he actually got probably, like, more dialogue and screen time than the animated one did, which, like, good for him, you know, like, make it a little more important. And uh, (laughs) one thing I have written down here that's so stupid, but honestly, for some reason, surprised me is, like, Ariel really doesn't talk. Like, so, as we all know, the... Ursula the sea witch takes her voice in in exchange for her to go up and try and get her man uh went over Prince Eric with a kiss but she can't talk so she's just kind of like bopping around not talking and I don't know for some reason this really was more blatantly obvious in this live action sequence versus the animated one like she is not talking and it's just very obvious and it really made me think of the the struggles of how the fuck can you communicate with someone that doesn't talk and they don't know sign language so yeah there's just a lot of body language oh wait oh my god i'm just realizing that's another line that they cut out that was in the original one that wasn't in this when ursula like seductively like shakes her ass and says body language Yeah, that was pretty um, provocative, I guess. A little too provocative for this one. As was the Daddy I Love Him line, I suppose. So yeah, so um, Ariel's not talking, but her and the prince are still like, kind of like, you know, giving each other like sex eyes throughout meeting. Like they're definitely a little horny for each other, which is good. And Sebastian, the 
crab is somehow just like getting everywhere that they are and like trying to guide her to kiss him and all this shit. And something that's funny that they also included that stood out to me more in this film than it did in the animated one, which was just how unhinged Ariel is driving that horse-drawn carriage. Like, so dangerous. Like, just fucking driving through, plowing through, like, crowds of people, like, almost going off a cliff, all this shit. And you would think the prince would be like, what the fuck? Like, give me back the reins, girl. But instead, he's like, this is cute. Like, keep going. And it's like, what? She's about to, like, drive you to your death. And, like, she can't talk, yet you trust her driving this horse-drawn carriage? I don't know. It's also interesting to me is, like, how do you drive a horse? It's funny how horses just, like, do as they're told. Like, would the horse go off the cliff if you guided it to? Like, is the horse just kind of like, oh, okay, like, she's telling me to go off this cliff, so, like, it's been real. Like, bye. Like, would a horse do that? Or would a horse have the sense to stop itself and not do that i don't know anyway yeah so ariel is a horrible driver and can't fucking drive this carriage to save their life but they do they don't die so that and then i think that after that is when it goes into the kiss the girl sequence which was probably one of the highlights of the film i mean it was just so reminiscent and accurate to the original but like almost in i would say this was arguably better because it's almost like you're seeing it three-dimensionally and it's just like there's more elements at play and yeah it's pretty pretty fabulous if I do say I enjoyed it a lot and like they almost make out but of course Flo- oh Floxum and Jexum they were pretty terrifying those eels I mean they're scary in the animated uh original but they were like equally as terrifying in this movie for sure like whoa just like Eels are so hideous. Like, an eel is scary. And it's, like, it's weird because it's, like, they're not a fish, but they are. It's more of, like, a, they're, like, a lizard thing. They're, like, a lizard monster with no arms and legs, just, like, swimming. Oof, God. And, like, getting creeped out just thinking about eels. But, yeah, so the kiss the girl thing was good. Oh, and then here's another line that they cut out. But this one obviously is very understandable. Is does anyone remember in the original animated one when Ursula is like, "The little tramp," such a good line, banger from Ursula. But uh, yeah, they didn't include that for obvious reasons. Like no one wants to describe to their kid what a tramp is, I guess. So Ursula couldn't, you know, call out Ariel on that. But I mean, kind of is a tramp. No, I mean that's bad to say. That's anti-feminist. I'd say to say that Ariel is a tramp. But like. This whole premise is is of her, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, they really made more of the focus of Ariel wanting to go up to the surface to, like, know about humans versus wanting to, like, seduce and be with this prince. But I don't know. It still kind of is all about that. At the end of the day, Ariel just wants love, baby. She wants love from that hot, hot Eric, even though I've already established that He's not as hot as I would like, but, you know, we digress. Oh, and here comes one of my favorite parts of the film, of both films, for sure, is the introduction of Vanessa. And a lot of people don't know Vanessa's name, partially because I don't know if it's ever even spoken. I think it is very quickly during the wedding sequence in the animated one. I don't recall it being spoken in this one. However, when... Ursula uses one of her other potions to become hot. 
the hot person that she transforms herself into is named Vanessa. And something I've always thought about, uh, even as a child, was if Ursula has the power to transform herself into this hot bitch, why doesn't she just permanently transform herself into the hot bitch? Like, is, is are all the you know, potions and spells temporary. She can't just make herself hot 100% of the time. It just is, like, short-term. Unclear. However, yeah, so Melissa McCarthy. And Melissa McCarthy's humor in this, I will say, is just, like, it's genuinely really funny. Like, I can't really reenact it because I don't fully remember why it was so funny, but it's just, like, the nuances of her choices as an actor were really great and like she really stood out as probably the funniest part of the movie but anyway so she yeah she uses that sexy little shell necklace with the voice to also transform herself into this hot 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 chick ariel i mean vanessa and vanessa the actress who plays her is jessica alexander unfamiliar with anything she's ever done i think she's pretty young so she's probably just you know a new up-and-coming actress but she was serving cunt. Yeah. Jessica Alexander as Vanessa was serving cunt for sure. Serving cunt. The term serving cunt, I don't really know if I can say it too seriously, but like it's what she was doing. She was, yeah, she was delivering. She looked so good. They like discover her on this rock and she like kind of like turns her head to the side and she's just like, ah, like help me. But like looking so hot. And she cast this little spell on Eric that you can see his eyes are possessed a little bit. That's something that they changed and it worked in this one is like in the original one, Eric is just like full zombie possessed. But in this one, Eric's like semi possessed. So he's like aware that he's like being taken by this Vanessa chick, but he doesn't really know why. But anyway, Oh, they also, instead of rushing to the altar with him and Vanessa, they rushed to an engagement party. So that was another thing that I think was a good change. Because, like, rushing, like, who the fuck plans a wedding in a day? Like, come on. Like, in the animated one, like, they're on a fucking, like, cruise ship yacht with full cake, full decorations, and a full crowd of people. Like, they only had that morning to alert people of the wedding. Like... How many people can show up to a wedding that fast? So unrealistic. Anyway, instead of doing a full wedding for this one, it was an engagement party, which still is a little obviously dramatic, unrealistic. I don't think people could make it to an engagement party in a few hours, but they do. And, you know, a little bit of an improvement upon the original. But, uh, yeah, so Vanessa's kind of in this purple dress. Oh, this isn't. So this is when that Scuttlebutt song that I don't like happened. So Scuttle comes in. With the news, Aquafina is ranting to Ariel and Sebastian about, uh, you know, that the prince is getting married. And they assume that he's going to get engaged to Ariel. But then they discover, oh, no, it's to this other hot bitch with black hair and this purple dress. And she was serving cunt. And they're all in distress. And Ariel thinks, like, oh, no, my shot's gone. I'm never going to get with Prince Eric. What the fuck? But then... Uh, scuttles you know flying around and sees Vanessa in her room being like uh pretty like monstrous and like screaming and like looking kind of terrifying this was the other thing I was very upset about with this film they cut Vanessa's song which 
I thought was so unnecessary to cut because it's a great little song and it's like under a minute long. So like definitely could have included that. Let's just drop in the audio from the original film, the animated film. Let's drop in Vanessa's song right here. Rum, dum, ra, dum, dum. What a lovely I'll make my dear all look divine. <laughs> <laughs> Things are working out according to my ultimate design. <laughs> Soon I'll have oh. that little mermaid and the ocean will be mine. <laughs> the sea witch. Oh no. Jeez, I got it. Ariel! Yeah, see, that song and that scene was just so important to me as a child. It almost made me like Vanessa more than Ariel, I think. In the original animated film, she's like on this vanity and she like throws her bobby pin into like the Cupid. The, there's like a Cupid uh, sculpture thing on the top of the mirror and she throws her bobby pin and it like severs the eye of the cupid kind of dark but like still kind of hot and then she's like spinning around singing and steps up on the vanity and just like breaking shit while stepping on it and uh tilts up the mirror and then you see that she's like ursula in the reflection oh so i guess going back to what i was saying earlier even if ursula can transform herself physically into a hot bitch her reflection will always show the truth yeah and so that's also what happened in this animated one. So like, or not animated in this live action one, they cut the song, but you still do see her look in the mirror and see that, you know, big mama Ursula is looking back and, you know, laughing maniacally about how she's about to conquer the ocean. And I guess that's the other funny thing is like, they make a point to say that Ursula is like brothers or brothers. Ursula is siblings with King Triton, Ariel's father. Whereas in the animated one, I think they were like related of some sort, but I don't think they ever really explicitly say. But in this one, they are full siblings. So I guess Ursula was just really the bad seed and got cast away and exiled into the shadows of the ocean and, you know, doesn't really talk to her family anymore. But yeah, so she's hell bent on overtaking King Triton and just really having powers over the sea and the world and who knows just like world domination i suppose uh so scuttle finds out that vanessa is actually ursula she informs eric and everyone and then they crash the engagement party and uh the animals attack vanessa and they break the necklace that's you know has Ariel's voice lock and key inside the necklace and it shatters on the ground and then we see that beautiful sequence of like the looks like a little tinkerbell like floating thing floats around and it's singing that iconic you know let's play that Ariel whatever it is like interlude Yeah, so that's playing, and then it floats into Halle Bailey's throat, and she starts singing, and she's like, oh my god, Eric, it's me, and he's like, oh my god, it's you, and they're, like, about to kiss, and then there's the legendary sunset, and Ursula singing, saying the, ugh, I have to drop it in again, the 
the You're Too Late line. You're too late! <laughs> You're too late! <laughs> so that happens. Ursula, like, busts out the seams, and that's Jessica Alexander's last part. Now we're back to, uh, you know, Melissa McCarthy being big bad Ursula. Throws him into the ocean. The fight sequence ensues, and it's just chaos. Another thing I was mad about this is that um, they cut that line when Ariel, like, pulls Ursula's hair back, and she has the, like, triton about to, like, kill Prince Eric, and then she shoots out of the triton, and instead it strikes Floxam and Jexum, the eels, the ugly eels, and they die. And uh, in the animated one, Ursula says... Babies, my poor little poopsies. <sighs> and uh, it's just so funny, my poor little poopsies. I mean, they could have been kept that. Maybe they just forgot and decided it wasn't important. So anyway, I was kind of shocked to see that they kept the same vibe of this fight sequence. It's kind of violent. I don't know. I kind of like that they kept it because, like, kids can handle it. Like, we handled it as children. Children can handle it now. And it's just kind of funny. It's just like Ursula's just fucking giant. Like she's just so big and I don't really even know what she's trying to do. Just like kill them and then, yeah. Like what is the motive? What is Ursula's true angle? Like once she's like got the ocean, then what does she do? Like Ursula, what is your plan? What's the end goal? What do we really want here? I guess she's just high on the power. High on the power of everything. But then as we know, uh, Ariel and Eric, like, veer this, like, sunken ship with this, like, spear attached to the front of it to, like, jab into Ursula, and she dies pretty fast. Yeah, like, Ursula's come-up was pretty short-lived, I must say. Like, she, she really, you know, gets power real fast. It lasts for all of a minute and a half, and then she's stabbed to death and just sinks into the ocean and just kind of dissolves, I guess. I wonder if there's just, like, a giant Ursula carcass, like, sitting at the bottom of the ocean, like, when she was that enormous size. Hopefully not. That would be so terrifying. But, yeah, so that's it. Ursula's deadals. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the movie. I, oh, I mean, obviously, so the ending, what I was concerned about was that they weren't going to marry them or that they weren't going to be together or that she would be, like, family first or something. But they find, like, a happy, me happy medium. So they get married. They never state Ariel's age, which I think was pretty key. Um, definitely uh, something that they noted and wrote down to not speak of in the actual film verbally because that kind of just makes it okay right like we're not we're obviously sure that ariel is quite young but we're not sure how young so let's just not talk about it like she got married to eric it's fine it's like whatever the 1800s or some shit and uh yeah so i was very pleased to see that they did get married and i was like oh so does that mean like she's never gonna see the mermaid world again but no that's not the case they were very uh sure to include a line where she's like oh like i'll come back at the next full moon or something of that nature uh so it infers that ariel can transform back into a mermaid and visit her mer people world maybe whenever her choosing so that's great 
So yeah, I mean, that's The Little Mermaid 2023, y'all. I definitely recommend everyone going to see it. You know, they cut a few lines. Daddy, I love him. You can expect to not hear that. You can also expect to not hear Vanessa's song. A little disappointing, but, you know, you win and you lose. Overall, I give it... God, maybe I should start rating things on, like, a scale of 10 stars. That sounds fun. So, like, out of 10... Out of 10, I would give it, like, an 8.5. Yeah, I would give it a solid... B, maybe B plus. Like, they really did good. And uh, I mean, it was a $250 million film. Insane. It is insane that a movie can cost a quarter of a billion dollars to make. And it's already surpassed that. It's already, you know, opening weekend, it made over, I think, over $125 million. And uh, it has now worldwide surpassed the 250 million I think by a lot I think it's made over 300 million now worldwide so yeah go see it doesn't matter who you are if you have kids or not this is an important moment in culture especially if you loved the original animated Little Mermaid from 1989 yeah this is uh something to do for sure so that's um the Little Mermaid I loved it hope you guys love it Love you all. Bye, bitches. Mm-hmm.